online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Welcome to Mimi Meets, and this is Mimi Harker with you. And as with every single week, I have got the most amazing, fabulous, fascinating guest for you today. Um, This is a lady who I have literally met for the first time today, but whose work I am familiar with because I've been reading her book. And although her book is aimed at children, I have learned so much from reading it. My whole world has been enlightened on the subject of bees and how they live from reading this children's book. And it's just so beautifully illustrated. I just found myself completely lost in this wonderful, wonderful world of the honeybees and their life and what it's all about. So without further ado, welcome Merritt Duncan. It's so lovely to have you in the studios today. Well, thank you very much. And you've just about said everything that I could possibly want somebody to say about the book oh it's beautiful as soon as I I received it um, and I pulled it out of the envelope the cover is just so gorgeous Mm. you just want to just open it up and you want the book to swallow you you just want to just jump straight into it so tell us a little bit about what it's all about well Betsy Valentine and the honeybees is um, an adventure about um, a young spirited girl who through the power of a rhyme that she makes up in her head, she turns into a honeybee and starts up a conversation with another honeybee. Well, actually, she she first of all starts a conversation with a honeybee and then turns into the honeybee. And she takes off and learns all about the life cycle and importance of the honeybee through this wonderful, magical adventure she goes on. It's beautiful. So children are sort of reading a nice gentle adventure and learning at the same time and as you said and I'm so pleased you said that adults as well yes I had no idea what went into the whole honey making process yeah yeah. absolutely zero idea I don't know not many people do and why why would they it's you know unless you know it you don't you know Or even if you just know the basic fundamentals, such as, oh, well, the bees, they go and they collect the pollen and they go into their hives and then we all get lovely honey. Yeah. But you don't actually know the process that goes behind that. Exactly, exactly. All the work that goes into it. And I think one of the major things is that people, actually, they don't, a lot of people don't see the honeybee. They see the bumblebee and they see the wasps because the honeybee is actually very tiny and she doesn't really trouble you. She is not the one. And that's the only liberty I've taken in the book that she comes and sits on a honey sandwich. Actually, that probably is the only thing in the book that wouldn't happen because it would be a wasp that would come yes, down, yes. not a honeybee. <laughs> but I made it a honey sandwich so there is an element of possibility of yes. a bee coming down to, to, to source the honey. Um, and um, she's too busy. She's up in the trees. She's in your lavender. She's in your plants. She doesn't want to trouble you at all. She's got a lot to do. But people know that they're out flying, but what they don't know is before they fly, they spend five weeks in the hive. What's happening in those five weeks yes. for in order the, for them to get to the point that they're a flying bee? Indeed. It's, and that's what the book's about. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it really has taken me on a journey. I couldn't put it down. Oh. I mean, all the little details, like the pollen collecting on the back legs and yes. things like that. Yeah. I had no idea. I'm yeah. going to look now. Yes. Yeah. And what you'll see is that, um, and I can't remember if I put this in the book, but they don't go from tree to tree, as in they don't start on the apple blossom and then go to the cherry blossom and then to the... They have a particular 
tree or plant that they're foraging from and they stick with that and that is the pollen from that plant the lavender plant or the mirabelle tree Um, and that's why you don't have cross-pollination of plants it is their job to that day go to that particular plant and collect nectar or um, well, I don't know about the ones collecting nectar, actually. I'll have to Google that. But definitely the <laughs> pollen yes. is only taken from that particular tree. And what I found really fascinating, which I'd never thought about before, because to me, pollen is pollen. It's yellow. Yeah. It's not. No. I no. was so surprised when I read that. And I thought black pollen from, yeah. was it the poppy? The poppy. Yes, yeah. yeah, I remember. Very dark, dark grey. Yeah, well done. Well, you know, they it. are. It's lovely when you do. And the thing is, when bees are collecting pollen and they are busy, the honeybees, you can actually get quite close up to them and have a look at their legs and you don't have to get that close up to see when their legs are bursting literally like the the um, on the, on the on front, the front cover, cover yes. their legs are bursting with bright orange pale yellow at the moment they're bringing a lot of yellow pollen from the dandelions and things like that and a very pale sort of grayish pollen so there it's lovely and then from that you can tell more or less what what where they've been visiting fascinating it is absolutely fascinating i must admit i feel a bit of an expert now on bees. (laughs) excellent i feel as if i could sit there intelligently and have a conversation about them (laughs) and actually one of the things i must do actually is reread because i didn't realize there were so many different um statuses within the beehive itself yeah yeah um, which is incredible so you know you've got there were nurse bees there were home bees there were Undertakers, guard bees, yeah. yeah. Amazing. They they go through a a sort of loads of jobs before they become the ultimate, which is the flying foraging bee. And, um, yeah, I mean, to that end, I'm just about to branch out because I give talks at schools, communities, libraries to um, anyone who will listen, children, teachers, (laughs) anyone, about the honeybee using my hive. But I'm just about to branch out to do talks in corporate companies, Mm. how you can relate the um, success of a thriving hive to the success of a corporate business and what a corporate business can learn from a successful hive of bees indeed about everything leadership equality everything it's It's amazing yeah yeah. I mean I didn't actually think of it in those terms but yes you're absolutely right when you said that it made me think of you know all the things that we've got listed down as as talking points it's it there they want it changed my life beekeeping changed my life so the reason that you were inspired to write this was because you are a beekeeper yes, yourself. Yes, um, And I think, did you, was it because you found that people didn't really understand? Exactly like I just said at the beginning of this, I had no idea that bees worked so hard to yeah. make that beautiful, beautiful golden syrup that we love to have on toast. Just, um, not golden syrup, no, honey. No, well, <laughs> golden syrup. Oh, golden syrup. Yes, the yes. golden syrup. Yes, substance. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Aren't we pedantic beekeepers? <laughs> Never mix up golden syrup with honey. Indeed. Um, no, uh, yeah, I mean, I became I became a beekeeper by accident, and you can find out all about that on my uh, uh, website. It's, um, it's quite a funny story. Perhaps there's another book in there, The Accidental Beekeeper, I call myself. Like I'm the accidental politician. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I, I, I became a beekeeper by accident, and honestly, the moment I lifted up the hive and I saw them, I was fascinated by them. I was then asked about... You weren't scared at all? You didn't no, worry about being no, stung? No, and that surprised me. 
I was, but but then when you the thing is when you lift off the lid of a hive, the the perception is that all these bees will come, come up. Out, and it'll yes. be a Winnie the Pooh moment yes. when you're sort of then seen running off, chased by a cloud of bees. They don't because the bees that you lift off the lid to are the nurse bees on the top right. and they are looking after the brood they're the house bees it's the flying bees that are coming in that come obviously come and have a look at you because you're going through <laughs> their hive but there isn't this explosion of bees and that was my first like wow wow yes covered thousands of them and they just carried on doing what they were doing yeah the flying bees came up a couple of guards buzzed around your ears but as long as you stay calm and gentle they're they're doing their job so there's kind of a silent respect okay guys girls sorry okay girls that's a good point you make there you know because i didn't realize that it was so gender specific yes so tell us a little bit about that well um the all the workers um that all a a successful hive of um bees in the height of summer on a day like we're going to have on easter sunday yes um are, there's about 50 to 60,000 bees in a really good um, beehive, you know, normal-sized beehive. And of those 50 to 60,000 bees, five to 600 will be drones. That's right. the boys. Right. Because um, nature, as wonderful as it is, has made it that they are only born to do one job. And that is to mate with the queen. Right. And after that job has been done, they have nothing else to do. They don't have a sting. They mate with the queen. Those that mate with the queen sadly die. Yes. Those that don't manage to mate with the queen go back to the hive and live out what the rest of their lives, however long that is, a few weeks, just poddling around the hive. So you'll never <laughs> see a drone in, the, in, 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 in your heather or on your trees. They're, they're eating up the honey. So nature's very nicely allowed them to die out. The queen knows when she's laying, whether she's laying a drone. Isn't nature fantastic? Oh, wow. She has two channels and uh, her drone, can I say it? Yes. Her drone sperm goes through the unfertilized channel and the worker bee goes through the fertilized channel and then so she knows. So that time wow. of the year she'll be where she'll be now she'll be laying quite a few drones and and workers and then she'll stop. Amazing. And then they will die out and allow the girls to get on with the job in hand. Amazing. Yeah. It's always the girls, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't wash up, he doesn't brush up, the boy does nothing. <laughs> oh, he does do something. He does make plays a very important role, but not for long. <laughs> well, this is it. And when he's played that role, he's That's finished. It, That's it, it's done. the end. <laughs> the end of him. And he's ever so sweet to look at, the poor old drone. Well, this is the description in the book, isn't yeah, it? That he's yeah. got a really sweet face. He has. He's, he's a little bit bigger, rounder, with googly eyes and you know he hasn't got a sting and he's poddling around not causing anybody any grief yeah I always feel sorry for the drones it is absolutely charming this book what I didn't realize as well was um, the bee's tongue yes how important it is for so many different functions yes yes I just didn't it just well why would I yeah 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 So, so tell us a little bit about that well 
uh, her tongue is very long and it, it, she, it's, it's used for the collecting of the nectar. She sucks it up through, um, from the uh, bottom of the base of the plant. It's like a little cereal bowl and she's, I'm making it very simple. It, she sort of puts it down into this sort of lovely gooey sticky substance which is the nectar mm-hmm. and she sucks it up through the straw-like tongue and then she takes it back in her honey tummy. She's got two tummies. See, I, I tell too much. Well. They're not going to read the book. <laughs> Well, I think people will because I think what people yeah. will think to themselves is, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's really fascinating. Yeah. I, well, I need to get hold of that book. <laughs> so she flies back to the hive with, the, with her honey tummy full of nectar. And when she gets just inside the hive, one of the, the house bees will come. And with her tongue, she will take it from like straw to straw. She will suck it out of the little worker bee, the flying bee, and uh, and then she will take it in because the forager hasn't got time for yes, that. Yes. She will then take it and put it where it's needed. Either it goes into the stores down in the brood or up into the uh, super where the honey is produced. I had a question about that, okay. the, the upstairs bit of the okay. hive. So that okay. was supposed to be the winter stores. Right. Is, yes. Is that? Did I read that right? Well, basically, they yes, they are. If they were in a tree, but we take it away from them, and then we bottle it, and then we eat it. Yeah. No, we don't actually. Well, a good <laughs> that's, beekeeper that's what I doesn't. To know. Yeah. No. Good. That my my youngest Toby, he's um he he he's a vegan. He was a vegan. He's he's had to sort of not be a vegan for a while for health reasons. Yes. But primarily, his his mindset is that way, and he didn't eat um, honey anything that comes from animals uh, and I said to him um, although a bee is an insect but I said to him um, Toby n- none of the honey that I take from the hive is useful to the bees if I left it on there it would go to waste because bees if they were wild honeybees they'd be living in trees and they would just build all this comb and all this comb there wouldn't be separation the only reason we separate it is because um stopping the queen going up and laying or pollen getting in there so it's very pure in order to be able to sell it or give it away um to your friends whatever size apiary you've got so basically if you're a very nice beekeeper you will take off the excess and you will leave them a super full of honey which is all they need and you'll put that underneath the hive for the winter so that's their feed that is the stores that they have collected for themselves and that is plenty any more than that because the hive reduces down to about 5,000 in the winter and they don't need all that honey so it would just be wasted yes so I do have enormous guilt even knowing that when when I, I've got a container full of a gallon of honey and all the work that and you've read the book that's oh, gone yes, into making incredible. one bee in her lifetime makes a twelfth of a teaspoon. So imagine what a gallon is. Yes. Okay. So and I feel horribly guilty when I see all that, but it's eased by the fact that I know I have saved one of those supers and put it underneath that they are getting exactly the amount that they need yes. um, for, to get themselves through the winter a good beekeeper will do that some beekeepers do take it all and then they feed them with sugar syrup uh, in the autumn which yeah. which is fine that's that's okay but a, a, a person that's a beekeeper that's got the bees interest yes. at heart will leave them Indeed. Some I was going to say, I had a guest on the show a few a couple of weeks ago, mm. actually. She's the former high sheriff of Buckinghamshire. Mm. She keeps bees as well. Oh, really? And she was saying about the honey and sugar thing and saying yeah. that's not, not um, really the way to do it. And no. the stuff you get in supermarkets is very 
that sort of that sort well, of sugar, sugary water. It's processed. Water. Yeah. yeah, it comes from sugar water, a lot of it, and yeah. it's processed. Yeah. Whereas if you buy from your local beekeeper, yes, it's literally come out of the hive yes. through a spinner yeah. to get it out of the, the the frames, and then literally through a sieve into your jar of honey. It's as natural as you can get. Amazing. And on that and note, no footprint. Oh, think about it. Oh yes, no footprint. Absolutely. Incredible. Yeah. Never thought of that. Yeah. Mm. Footnote in the book. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. When you're buying your Manuka honey from New Zealand, <laughs> go to your local beekeeper. What a great idea. And of course, mm. once you've actually read the book and spoken, you know, mm. actually spoken in detail about it, it makes more sense, yeah. doesn't it? To yeah. Out there. There's loads of food fairs on this weekend, guys and girls out there. So just go and buy local honey from the local beekeepers. Yeah. Merit, what an amazing conversation we've just had about <laughs> who thought bees were such an amazing subject. Seriously. But that last piece of news that we heard from your son, Toby, um, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful words. Well, I think when Toby um, said to us, he's, he's a very clever boy. He's very sharp, academically very bright. And I always thought this was going to be my son, the doctor, the lawyer, the airline pilot. He could have turned his hand to anything. And then he said, no, I want to be in a band. And we were like, oh. Um, I've but, got one of those, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he, and he said, give me two years. And he worked. He worked um, nights to be able to pay for him to not to, to find his way. Found the band and um, he started writing songs. And when I first read his lyrics, I was so bowled over. Toby is a poet. And I'm not just saying that. He is a poet. His lyrics are beautiful. And when I was reading them one day, he, I said to him, Oh, Toby. And he went, Stop there, Mum. I really don't <laughs> want, I don't want to hear from you. And I said, But, and he said, No. I said, But the, thousands of people are, are singing your lyrics and reading your lyrics. He said, Yes, but they're not my mum. <laughs> He said, this is like watching you reading my diary, so please don't do this in front of me, and I don't want to hear anything or answer any questions. I totally get it, yeah. because I have one exactly the same at home. My boy is exactly the same. He, Like you say, he could turn his hand to anything. Yeah. He's super intelligent. He got a first-class honours in law because I said to him, we'll support you. Yeah. We'll absolutely support you, but you must go and get yourself a decent degree. So he couldn't have got a more decent degree than that. <laughs> so first-class honours in law. Then he spent a couple of years at home just working part-time to just sort of afford life, just yeah. living, um, and, and has worked on a load of music, has got himself a, a real job in the real world at the moment. Um, but honestly, if he could do it, he would just spend yeah. all his days writing lyrics, which are yeah. incredible. I don't know in such young people where those words come from. Oh, well. Where that experience comes from. Their heart. It comes from their heart. Mm. I mean, when I said to Toby I was going to pick a song to come on Wickham Sound and that I had a, a choice of two that I really liked and I have to say I did the two I chose were more the a cappella, not the shouty ones sorry I do get the shout <laughs> and the energy I do um, but I wanted people to hear his voice and hear the lyrics because you can hear them in this song and he said that actually love hate react relate I've got it right this time is his favorite song he's ever written because of Tom because of his love because it was his first time experiencing loss loss it came from his heart there was no thinking about it yes. the lyrics poured out yes. from his heart so if I hope people did listen to them and if they don't google it because it's a beautiful song excellent yeah. excellent well there you go Toby good plug there from mum mum <laughs> doing her job <laughs> He's as, in America now. Uh, as it should be. Oh, he can listen to this on the podcast. Oh, can he? Okay. <laughs> I'll send it no to him. No escape. Yeah. <laughs> Mum's listened to you for all these years. Now it's your turn. <laughs> True. 
It is, isn't it? You'll say to me, I've listened to my mother for 26 years. (laughs) Doesn't need to hear me on the radio. Oh, bless. No, I know exactly where you're coming from. Absolutely. (laughs) So before you went into bees, what did you do with your life? I was a professional photographer doing editorial and portrait photographer. Started out working from home, um, doing portraits, family, black and white family portraits. And then in the last seven years, my nephew, who works in television, I'd retired because of the age of digital. And I used to work in a dark room, develop all my own negatives, etc. And I thought, ah, leave it to the youngsters. So I had retired, thought, oh, I'll just get on, ride my horse, blah, 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 and continue being a mum, which I always put first, incidentally. Yes, me too. And... um, My nephew, as I say, worked in TV, still does work in TV, wanted to become a photographer, dragged me out of retirement and said, help me set up a business. And I had the best seven years of my life because he worked in TV. We got to photograph... um, lots of people I would never have thought as we used to do all the Strictly dancers from the first series because he was working on Strictly amazing they're all fantastic without exception they all were lovely lovely people and they were great to photograph because you know unlike the models that we do or you know people in theatre TV always watching their weight got to be the the Strictly lot they eat because they (laughs) you know you'd have lunch (laughs) and it wasn't a piece of miserable chicken and and a radish they'd go and get a real lunch oh, and wow. you know we'd all sit and have fun yeah. no great fun great no spinach fun. and boiled eggs then no <laughs> none of that not when you're photographing a dancer they were great and so we obviously did loads of people from theater tv um and snooty fox images he's still working as a photographer um but it's more a hobby for him now yeah. he's yeah. he's um a series producer actually he's just finished on the voice so that's what i was doing having fun photographing <laughs> people these buff men you know amazing <laughs> amazing so it's t- i mean to to the to the to us it just sounds like you've had a charmed life doing all the things mm. that you love doing so mm. has it always been that easy life isn't that easy it really hasn't when i said you know uh, ride my horse it reminded me of a tale of a chap that was complaining to a taxi driver who said i can't even afford to eat my swimming pool oh you know oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's what the taxi driver no of course not my life's been as complex as anybody else's life is and uh if it sounds charmed it's because I make it sound charmed because I like to put a positive spin on Mm. anything that you go through in life I have a wonderful saying and this too shall pass and um, whatever it is it will and you just have to go with it I mean sometimes I've said I'm a bit like the Aunt Sally at the fairground you punch me I fall backwards I reel around a bit and then I come back and smile at you and go (laughs) ready for the next (laughs) Um, I call myself Mrs. Bounce Back. Oh, there we go. Quite Same <laughs> quite sim- so, you know, any I, if everybody's honest, they had a charmed life. It, yeah. You know, I just, I'm prolific on Facebook. It sounds wonderful with my dogs, my horses, my, you know, doing Betsy Valentine. It's hard work. Yes. I put it up not to make people envious or jealous or cheese people off about, oh, look at her. Because if something makes me laugh yes. and smile, you want to share I want to share it. Absolutely. I don't want to share my gloom and doom. Nobody Absolutely. wants to know about that. I save that for my, my family. Yes. They get that no, I you agree know, behind you. my closed door. So, and if anyone knows me, they know that I'm just messing about. 
you know, having fun. And if I trip over something whilst walking the dog and fall in a puddle face first, I'll put that up there and make people (laughs) smile. That's it. So, yeah. Indeed. So you said the photography bit was the last nine years or so. Uh, well, it was 27, 27 years of photography, years. photographer, and it was but the last seven, seven years working with, your with Leo nephew, right. and, and doing things I never thought I'd do. And I used to look at him because he was young and cool and everything that you think of photographer. And I was like the matriarch. <laughs> I was the one that people thought, oh, OK, this is this, you know. And Leo was the, uh, you know, the front man of yes, the show. Yes. I'd done it. And also there was that element of, you know, your best friend is Hussein Bolt. And you say, you know, you're quite good join my running club and suddenly he runs past you yes leo said come and teach me all you know and suddenly he overtook me and i and i thought well wonderful best best hand the camera to him then i'll just do the directing from the back and make the coffees and uh yeah and that's how it was he's he's a brilliant photographer i was good but he i always said i was john lewis and he was harvey nichols (laughs) (laughs) you get something great from me but from him you just get that little bit more. Oh, how <laughs> lovely of you to say that as well. That's really lovely. Yeah. Really, really yeah. lovely. And it must make you so proud as well with all of these course. wonderful, all these young relatives, your, your son, your nephew. Yeah, all sort of both flourishing. my nephews. I mean, the other one, he's, um, he works for Palmer Pictures. He's got his own business. He's, a, he's um, an art director, wonderfully talented. So I have wonderful. to bring Barnaby's name into of it course, as well. Of course, of course, of course. And you said Toby's your youngest. Yep. So how many other children have you I've got? I've got two other boys. Okay. And uh, I am a very, very lucky lady. I, my three boys are completely different. They're very diverse. They're very, um, or, they're original. And I'm so proud of them all. They're, they're wonderful. You know, it tends to be Toby because he's out there. But there's uh, Cameron. He lives in London. He works for a big corporate company. I don't know if I'm allowed to name it. You certainly can. It's Intuit. Um, and he's been incredibly successful. He is... Um, I don't like people to be divined by their sexuality, but I will say he's gay. And they've just made him head of the LGBG um corporate something or other i don't Uh quite understand Uh but he's the man that's up there making sure equality and fairness is there within corporate companies and proud through to my very bones of cameron and then there's ben my eldest yes who's um married two beautiful children he's a wonderful father how old are your grandchildren uh, five and 18 months. And did you test the book out on them? Uh, no, I haven't on Huey. He's just turned five, but I have. He's. I've shown him the pictures, and he's. that told me that kids younger, I haven't read it to him, but I don't know, Ben might have done, actually, because mm. he loves books, he mm. loves reading, and he mm. loves stories. But my first notion that I was on to something good was when he was about three and a half, and he saw the pictures... <gasps> He said, why, why is that bee looking so cross? And why does that bee look... And I could tell him, and I thought, yeah, you don't have to read it to know what's going on there, which yes. I put down to the artist, Tegan Sherrod, who drew Fantastic. the pictures. Fantastic. I mean, the, the pictures are beautiful. Yeah. So what does Ben do for a living? Ben, oh, I'm sorry you asked that. Sorry, Ben. He works for a company <laughs> that... Um, it's about food and how you can order online. <laughs> 
Perth. Well, it's very popular. It's huge these days. Oh, and I can't name the company. Maybe he'll text that to me. I'll have to do that in the break. Ben, who do you work for? Let's give them a plug. I'll do that in the next break. So you're listening to Mimi Harker and my very special guest today is Merritt Duncan. And we've been talking about, well, just about everything, but mainly lots of buzzy things like bees. How fascinating they are. They really are. So what is it you want to do with this book, Merritt? Well, it's, it was written with the idea that it would be a book for children that they would treasure and love. And even those, I was dyslexic, I now know, um, when I was a child. I didn't realise as I was a child it didn't exist then. So it's a very gentle adventure and it's written in a way that I think, um, even though it's very wordy, because bees are very complex, that children can... Um, easily follow and enjoy and I wanted it to be a book that even if you are dyslexic and find all the words quite terrifying you will love the pictures and somebody can help you and read it to you and and you'll remember those pictures I had books like that my sister read a lot but there were always books with pictures that I used to love to look at and and create my own story out of those pictures and so a book that children will love and treasure and the parents will treasure and not throw away when they've left home because that's the book they loved and get get it basically because it is educational it's an educational book into schools I want to visit as many schools as I can in the UK talking to children teachers and parents through the book about the honeybee get the word of the honeybee out there so people understand how important they are and they can if not become beekeepers themselves they'll want to take care of the honeybee and do things like plant bee uh, friendly plants um, and do things that they can do to help our honeybee Um, so support the the industry as well by supporting local beekeepers buying local honey yes yes understanding now as I do why that is so vital I had no idea before I read this I mean I was walking along um, with a very dear friend Judith um, the um, promenade in Eastbourne and she said, oh, look, look at all the bees that were on the flowers. And I turned around and I said, oh, gosh, that means, you know, lots of beekeepers around here. And she said, pardon? And I said, lots of beekeepers. Uh, all those honeybees belong to someone like me. And she said, I didn't know that. And I yeah. said, yeah, there's no such thing as a wild honeybee. The, each little bee you see on the yes. plants in your garden, in the playground, when you're out shopping, in yes. the, in, wherever you see a honeybee, Within a three-mile radius of that honeybee, there is a beekeeper with a hive, and that bee is flying back to their hive. They're not flying back to the woods or a tree or anywhere that, like you imagine. So my idea is to get this book, or if, if they don't want the book, get myself into as many schools yes. and libraries and local communities talking to people about the importance of the honeybee, and hopefully people will buy the book and continue their education i'm not there to be jk rowling i'm not there to to have a bestseller in that way but it's to teach people and children about the honeybees and it's beautiful and if somebody wants to get hold of you how do they do that they go to my website which is www.betsyvalentine.com and they press contact they can read my blog they can listen to a podcast which is very unprofessional I've only ever done two it's hilarious Um, and I only did it because one of the people who reads my blog said I'm I'm 
my site I've got um, failing site could you please do a podcast oh how lovely so I do a podcast of my blog which is like for me being on just a minute because I go um um so many times but anyway so yeah you can you can read all about me on my website the artist Teg and Sherrod fantastic I mean they are beautiful illustrations what a talented 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 person it was very important for me and that was another thing publishers like their own artists and I had found Tegan and I to the detriment of getting a publisher that's nothing against Tegan but the fact I had chosen my own artist Um, my mother was an artist I cannot draw to save my life and I know if my mother had done the pictures for this book they would have been as close to Tegan's pictures as possible yes Uh, she's in that style of of painting and as soon as I saw her work Oh, and she got it. All the honeybees are bees. Yes. They don't stand on their hind legs. No. They don't have conversations. But she managed to get the emotion. in. Even in that picture of Betsy Valentine, um, I think it's on the front cover, and there's also one with her facing the girl. You can tell she's worried. Yes. She's not sure. Even she doesn't from want her to go in view, there. No. Yeah, she doesn't want to and go And then in on there. the back cover, yeah. she doesn't want to leave. Yeah. Aww. She's got that. Yeah. She's learnt so yeah. much. She doesn't want to leave. Well, it's like the little poem, isn't it, that she's made up? Yes. You know? Yeah. Are you looking at me, little bee? Are you looking at me? My name is Betsy Valentine, and that begins with a bee. Are you looking at me, little bee? Are you looking at me? My name is Betsy Valentine, and I know I've been a bee. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was just lovely. Absolutely lovely. And it's such a beautiful adventure. And an educational adventure. It all, yeah. It's all real. It's all based on fact. It's all yeah. based on your own experiences yeah. as a beekeeper yourself. And it's been read by a master beekeeper. Wonderful. And so I know. And also so um, you know it's Sarah Peterson, who's a, a beekeeper of much experience and a very dear friend of mine. And mm-hmm. her parents were beekeepers. She was the first one to read it. First person to read it. Oh, no. Ernie was the first person to read it. Ernie mm-hmm. Wise, my daughter-in-law's father mm-hmm. um and um yeah so i know everything is correct there are little bits that maybe if you got nitpicky but that's like being a, a gardener that's your way my way yes so but they're not you know everything is correct in there there's another thing i learned by the way about the queen bee yeah i didn't realize that she was born to be the queen bee yeah, yeah. and that all she did was lay eggs for the yeah. whole of her life yeah um, and that she she was so much bigger than the others. Yeah. But her wings are the same size as the others. So yeah. They look smaller. Yeah. Well, she she doesn't really need them. She only leaves the hive three times. She leaves to go on her orientation flight. She leaves to mate with the drones. And possibly, if the other um, bees f- think she's failing, she'll swarm. Right. So other than that, she stays, lives and dies in the hive. Amazing. I mean, really beautiful, really eye-opening. Yeah. I will absolutely look at bees in a completely different <laughs> way. There's no doubt about oh, it whatsoever. Oh, I'm so pleased. Um, and I actually said to my husband, because I was sitting there reading, I've been reading it through, throughout you know, the week to sort of building up to meeting you today and having this <laughs> chat about it. I said to my husband, I think you need to read this. And he said, it's a children's book. And I said, believe you me, You'll find it's not a children's book yeah. in that respect because you oh, will learn so much. Oh, that's an amazing thing. Thank you'll you. You'll learn so much. It's beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you, Mimi. Thank and if somebody you. wants to buy it, where can they buy it? They can buy it from my website. Yep. You can get it on Amazon, um, but you can actually buy it from the website, um, which I, obviously I would prefer. But um, And you can buy the pictures 
from through the website through Tegan, not through me. Yes. Um, if you like, because they're glorious pictures yes, they put in beautiful. a children's room or something. They're so lovely. They're so yeah. beautiful. I yeah. can just see that, you know, in the most beautiful colours and everything. Just beautiful. Well done, Tegan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yes, I would say to you out there, if you've been listening to this wonderful, wonderful conversation, and you want to go out there and buy something special. For the young people in your life, I honestly, I was just blown away by this. In the job that I do, I read so many books. I meet so many people. This is truly special. And if you can stretch the hardcover, please do. And the reason I say that is because you will keep it there on your shelf as a treasured, treasured book that will go down through the generations. I can guarantee it. I'm just blown away by it. I love it. Thank you. I love it. I and if you're a school it. that would like me to come and give a talk, yes, indeed. please get in touch. It doesn't matter where you are. I know this indeed. has a very limited, so it goes out to Buckinghamshire. Does it go further? You can pick it up online, so you can right. hear it anywhere you like. As so long as you wherever you are enough. listening to, I will, I will travel to your school and give a talk about honeybees, your library, your local community, your local business. I will come and give a talk about and honeybees. And so important, isn't yeah. it? Because we're hearing about the bee colonies dying off. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, if you then look through what you know i've googled it and you know because of your book yeah um and then you google it and you can see how many different aspects of our lives are affected by yeah. bees and the work that they yeah. do it's not just about yeah. honey no oh gosh no the bee that's they are the only insect from which we get food and um for the bees it's not about the bees are doing a wonderful job without knowing they're doing it. They're doing it for their own survival. Meanwhile, the honey is for themselves. That's a bonus for us that yes. we get being beekeepers. But the, their actual job is to do everything for themselves so that they can recreate themselves. But whilst they're doing that unknowingly, they are pollinating our plants and creating the survival of our planet. Amazing. They are the very honourable little honeybee, I call them. Indeed. Over 50 million years old. And there's a big difference I've learned from the, your book between yep. collecting pollen and the nectar side of it. Oh, completely yeah. Completely different. Two different two jobs. Two different functions. Yeah, completely. absolutely. And used for two different things. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, I feel so enlightened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so pleased. <laughs> I mean, really, an incredible read. And also, the other thing I will say, what I loved about it as well, you didn't have to read it all in one go. No. It's nice little chapters. So you, lots and lots of wonderful wonderful bedtime reading yeah. i can assure you i wish this had been around when my two had been little oh they would have loved it well i tried to plan it that each chapter would finish but with a hook yes so the next well, evening or the next time the children oh what's going to happen yes. to her next yes yeah. well you succeeded oh thank you i was um i i was i, I didn't wait till the next evening i carried on reading <laughs> it's just brilliant i'm, del I'm delighted thank you no thank it's you just so been much. a joy and a pleasure and would you believe we're nearly up at the end of our hour it's okay. just flown by okay. oh flown by <laughs> <laughs> is there a buzz in the air <laughs> there certainly is <laughs> smelling the sweet scent of success indeed 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 <laughs> It's been absolutely joyful to have you on Thank the show you. today, Mary. Thank it's you. Been wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming in. You're welcome. And for taking the time out of your schedule to you're do welcome. that. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I hope everybody out there listening, I hope you'll run out there and, or you'll go onto the website. Where the website sounds. is actually www.betsyvalentine.com. Yes. My name is irrelevant. So you've, you've taken the name out of it completely. So yeah. it's just about Betsy Valentine. Yeah, absolutely. People think I am Betsy Valentine when I turn <laughs> up. They do. They think that I would turn up the other day to do a talk and it said meet Betsy Valentine <laughs> and there I stood looking oh, anything wonderful. but Betsy Valentine <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
How fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. No, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's absolutely brilliant. So onto the website, www.betsyvalentine.com. Um, and you can find out all the information about where you can book Merit to come and talk to your school um, or your library group or, in fact, your corporate group. Because, yeah. as you mentioned right at the top of this interview, yeah. um, it's that's great for different. leadership structure. Yeah, that's a very different talk. Yeah. That's a very grown-up talk. It's it's more about the honeybees and how you can relate at the, the, the successful business. Yes with a successful yes, hive and wonderful. by the way I've written a book if you want to purchase it <laughs> oh, absolutely absolutely as it should be mm. no thank you very much You're indeed welcome. for coming in. thank it's you it's been a pleasure and a joy thank you for listening um, it's been great to have your company you've been listening to Mimi Harker this is Mimi Meets and you've been listening on Wickham Sound you've been listening to a podcast from Wickham Sound to find out more head to wickhamsound.org.uk